1: Lum and Abner, Howard and Sheldon, and the complete cast of It Pays to Be Ignorant. Many comedy teams were popular on the radio, and on this program we're going to examine a few of them. In the 30s, Ken Murray appeared on the air with his sidekick Oswald. Here they are from a sequence in 1938.
0: Take another bow, Ray. Thank you. You know, folks, working on the Columbia Network, as I have for the past several years, I naturally get a great thrill out of tonight's crowning achievement of radio. Yes, an occasion like this makes me want to repeat that famous patriotic speech. Quote, Breathe there a man with soul so dead, who never to himself hath said... Oh... Well, Oswald, my boy, I suppose you're thrilled to be here tonight? Oh, uh, Well, you should be. This is mm-hmm. one of the most important broadcasts in radio history. Mm-hmm. You realize that tonight every dial in the country is on this station. Yeah, what's a dial? Oh, Oswald, uh, don't be ridiculous.
2: Mm-hmm. When
0: people came home this Saturday night, what's the first thing they turned on? The water in the bathtub. no, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking about radio dials. In fact, some sets... Listen, some sets don't even need them. They have what they call automatic tuning. Automatic tuning? Yes, you know, mm. instead of twisting a dial, you just press a button and one, two, three, your radio is tuned. Mm. Uh, what could you ask for more than that? Uh, press a button, one, two, three, and my radio is paid for. Oh, that's what you'd yeah, like, that's what like. Yeah, that's what i want. But Oswald, you mustn't expect the impossible. Now mm. be serious a minute. Millions of people are listening to you all over the world. This is one of the biggest hookups in radio history. Oh, no, no. Well, do you know of any bigger hookups? Sure, the back of Case dress. Oh, no, wait. <laughs> a no. Wait, wait on. Wait, and don't be discouraged. It's a little late. Yeah, it's all right. Time. Oswald, what's the matter with you? Can't you get into the spirit of this occasion? Mm-hmm. Think back in the old days to the crystal set. Uh, crystal set? Yeah. Doesn't that make you think of something? Yeah, my wife's engagement ring. Really. Mm. Mm. Well, you pretty near fixed that one, huh? Yeah, well, no. so it is. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm yeah. talking about primitive radio sets, one of the uh-huh. first devices that conquered the ether. Ether? You mean mm. that stuff that puts you to sleep? No, mm. no. No, no. No, no. Not this routine. What That's I'm talking about, routine. I mean... Uh, <laughs> I don't mean anesthetic. I'm Uh talking about that great wide-open space that makes sound travel so far. Oh, you mean Martha Ray's mouth. No, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: no, no, Oswald. I'm talking about the wonders of radio. Mm -hmm. Why, with the flip of the dial, you can hear the crowning of a king in England, Mm -hmm. the beating of a tom-tom in Africa, and the rumble of an earthquake in Turkey. Uh, what's an earthquake? Oh, now, look, Oswald. What do you call that violent upheaval that makes everybody shake? Uh, The Big Apple. Oh, the Big Apple. I say (laughs) Well, personally, I go in for the more classical music Like that famous piano composition, Russell of Spring Mm -hmm. That violin number, humoresque Yeah, sure You know the most famous oboe song? Yeah, Tram, Tram, Tram Tram, 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 the most famous oboe Mm -hmm. song You're dropping your H's, Oswald Mm -hmm. And maybe we'd better drop the music angle And talk about the great comedians on the air like Eddie Cantor Eddie who? Oh, Oswald, who is it they always kid on the air because he has no son? Uh, The Los Angeles
2: weatherman
0: I see (laughs) You can't expect too much. It's only been done four times. Yeah, fine. No, no, it's Eddie Cantor. He's a singer and comedian like Al Jolson. Uh, What does Al Jolson do? Oh, now think. uh, Whose entire success and fortune is so closely tied up with one word, mammy? Jackie Jackie Coogan. (laughs) That's all right for that one, too. Yeah, Oswald, I don't think you know a thing about radio. Oh, sure. You know, my brother worked in a radio factory. Your brother worked in a radio factory? Yeah. what did he do? Well, tested radio dials. Well, is testing radio dials a steady job? No, just on and off. Just on yes. and off. Well, that's very interesting. What is your uh, brother's name? Uh, my brother's name? Your brother's name, yes. Yeah, my brother's name. Mm. Uh, let me see now. Mm. My favorite brother. It's your favorite yes. brother? Yes. You know him, don't you? Oh, sure, mm. yes. Yeah. <laughs> How old is he? Uh, How old? 27. 27. Years, so yes. His name, if we His could name, get His yeah. <laughs> name, <laughs> Have you any idea what it starts with? Yes, yeah, it starts with a C. C. C yeah. You don't mind if I guess, it? No, we got plenty of time. You said it. Mm. Uh, C. C. Is it C, uh, Charles? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, Charles, huh? Is it uh, Clarence? No. Mm, yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Is it uh, Clifford? Yeah, who? Clifford. That's a K. Oh, that's yeah. a K, I see.
2: <laughs>
0: Clifford's a K. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And that would make Cicero uh, uh, S. S. That's yeah, what I thought, sure, yeah. yeah. C. Yeah. P, uh, C uh, it couldn't C. be. No, uh, no it couldn't be that, no. <laughs> C. Uh, C. C. Oh, I got it. What is it? Joseph. Joseph? Oh, uh. <laughs> Thank you, Oswald.
1: Chester Locke and Norris Gall starred as Lum and Abner. The program started on NBC in 1931 and continued on the radio for 24 years on NBC, CBS, ABC, and Mutual. The story was centered in the Jot'em Down store in Pine Ridge, Arkansas. Now, Pine Ridge was originally a fictional town, but Lum and Abner were so popular that in 1936, the real town of Waters, Arkansas changed its name to Pine Ridge. And it stands to this day as a tribute to Lum and Abner.
0: The makers of Postum, happy to participate in this salute to Columbia Square, present their compliments and your favorite radio friends, those Ozark rustics, those backwoods philosophers, those Pine Ridge storekeepers, Arkansas's revenge for the Civil War, Lum
3: and Abner!
4: Well, now that we're out here, what are we supposed to do, Long?
3: Uh, This is the opening of the new studios, and they want us to say something. What? Anything. Brag on them, I reckon. Well, who
4: are we supposed to say it to?
3: The folks that's listening out on the party line, or out on the radio. Oh. Just talk right into that microphone there and they can amplify your voice to where it can be heard all over the world.
4: Uh, they can do what to your voice?
3: Amplify. Works sort of like the voice box does in your throat here.
4: Oh, well, I was wondering why they're all talking in the air. Uh, huh?
3: <laughs> you just talk right into the microphone.
4: Oh. I I thought you said something about a voice box. No, I said... Well, I did.
3: I said it works sort of like the voice box does in your throat.
4: Well, what in the world is a voice box?
3: (laughs) Well, that's what they call it. It's uh, down in your throat.
4: uh, Well, it must be awful little. Well, yeah. And, And when you talk why the lid of the box flies open and the words comes out, huh?
3: Well, I reckon so. I don't know just how it does work, tell you the truth.
4: Yeah. Well, that must be it. <laughs> yeah. Well, looks like it wouldn't know what words to let out, don't it? <laughs> uh, Sister Simpson must just leave the lid off on her as she talks to me. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: yeah.
4: <laughs> I, I reckon that what uh, makes a feller talk in his sleep. The, the lid can't close good when he's laying down and the words sort of slip out unbeknownst to him.
3: Yeah, maybe so.
2: Yeah. But, see,
3: but you have to think of stuff before you can say it, see... Your brain telegraphs down to your talking apparatus, and that's the way the right words comes out.
4: Telegraph? Have I got one of them outfits in me, too?
3: (laughs) Not a regular telegraph outfit like they got in there at the depot, no. Oh,
4: well, I was going to say, maybe that's the reason I get so mixed up when I go to talk, for I don't know how to run one of them things.
3: Well, you don't know it when you send them messages. It's automatic sort
4: of. Oh, (laughs) well, good, good for me. Well, I, I know I, I don't stop and send no telegrams every time I want to say something. I, I don't even have to think, Lum. Well, like right now, I'm talking to you and I ain't thinking what I'm saying.
3: No, I don't believe you're neither.
4: No, I, honest, cross my heart, I'm not. See, all I got to do is just, well, just open my mouth and there's always something there for me to say. See here, I ain't thinking or nothing, and these words are just coming out by themselves. These words are just coming out by themselves. These words are just... Well,
3: Abner, when I said... (laughs) When I said voice box, I... I My
4: doggies, you know, though, Lom, that must be a pretty big box to hold all the words a feller has to say. You know what? I I bet I know a thousand different words by heart Abner, I
3: don't mean that there's a sure enough box in your throat. What I mean is, uh, well, your voice box ain't sure enough a box, or that is... Well, it's a... It's a... Granny's Abner, I just leave take a lick and just undertake to explain something to you. <laughs> We're out here supposed to say something about the new studios.
4: Well, I don't know what to say. I don't know nothing about them.
3: And you've been walking around here tonight. Ain't nobody told you nothing about them? No. My, like Granny's, I'm going to say something nice about them if I have to stand here all night.
4: Uh, uh, wait a minute, Lom, They did explain something there to me, too. Yeah, I forgot. good. What was it? They, they explained to me that they, they don't uh, allow no smoking in the studio. For goodness.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Another comedy team on radio was Howard and Sheldon. They came smack out of vaudeville and landed right in the middle of the radio airwaves. Here's an excerpt from the Howard and Shelton breakfast show in the mid-1940s.
5: Good morning, Ford. Good Good morning, morning. Ford. Good morning, fellas. How's the boy? Okay, Ford. Say, Tom, how's that orchestra of yours coming along? Oh, all right. I think I got a job for it already. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Where at? Down at Slimy Joe's Clam House. (laughs) (laughs) Slimy Joe's? How much is he going to pay you? A bottle the ketchup and all the clams we can eat? <laughs> Say, did you ever think any more about giving me a job singing with the orchestra? Oh, now, wait a minute. You know you can't sing. What are you talking about? Why, I sing like Bing Crosby. Yeah, but not enough like him. No. <laughs> Listen, have you ever heard of the Merry Max? Sure Well, I'm Max Max, no difference <laughs> Yeah, I'm having my voice cultivated You should have it plowed under <laughs> Wait for a minute, how do you know I can't sing? I heard you sing once uh, Well, what did it sound like? sounded like asthma. That's the music. (laughs) Well, just the same I picked up a pretty penny singing. You did? What'd you do with it? I threw it back at the guy that hit me with it. Yeah, I thought so. You know, Tom, I come from a family of singers. Yeah. You know, my sister was a mess of soprano. I knew she was a mess of something. (laughs) My sister's a mess of salami. (laughs) Wait now, a mess of salami? Yeah, you should hear her singing coming through the (laughs) rye. You know, my sister had an offer from the Metropolitan. Uh, so what? My sister had an offer from the prudential <laughs> Wait a minute. You're talking about an insurance company. Well, with a voice like your sister's got, she needs insurance. Well well how about it? Are you gonna give me that job singing with the orchestra? First, I'll have to give you an audition. Why, with my voice, I can go places. Yeah, just now I can only think of one place. <laughs> Tom, I used to sing with a quartet. What was the name of it? The Fish Market Quartet. The Fish Market Quartet. Yeah, we sang from scales. You sang from scale. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There was the first tuna, second tuna, third barracuda, bass, bass. Ah, but we just sang for the halibut. Uh huh. <laughs> you must have had a porpoise. Yeah, <laughs> porpoise. Yo, people say I have a voice like t- Lawrence Tibbett. Well, you better give it back to him. You're getting it all cracked. Yeah, uh, that so. Besides, I have a large repertoire. Oh, why don't you cut down on your reading? No. Look, Tom, I tell you what I'll do. I'll sing for you for $5,000 a week. Why, that's more than Truman gets. All right, then get Truman to sing for you. Can't do that. He's going to be my piano player. Well, I'm I'm going to work now. Yeah, where are you working now? Oh, I got two jobs. Two jobs in the 25-cent store. What do you do on two jobs in the 25-cent store? Oh, a bit here and a bit there. (laughs)
1: Tom Howard and George Sheldon also teamed up with Lula McConnell and Harry McNorton for the hilarious comedy quiz show, It Pays to be Ignorant.
5: We're, we're very glad to have you here, I'm sure. You know, uh, you know,
6: Mr. Hughes, I, um, I, I, I have a plan, you know, for after the war, you know, to put everybody to work. Mm-hmm. Yes. Put all the men on one island and all the women on another island. and Inside of a week, everybody will be busy. What doing? <laughs> Building boats.
2: Building boats. <laughs>
5: Very good idea. Yeah, sort of an exchange ship there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah see what's... Hey, what... Hey, what's your name, honey? Your first name. Honey. Yeah. Mine? Yeah, what's your first name? Ralph. Ralph. Ralph? Yeah. That's a nice name, isn't it, yes, Ralph? Yes, yes. He's a nice guy, too, huh? Uh-huh. Just about the, the, the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you 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 can just call me Maple Sugar. Maple Sugar. Yeah, I'm so sweet. You certainly are. Yeah. And just a sappy. <laughs> Me, uh, Mr. Hughes, would you reach into the cap there and pick out a question for us, please? And would you be kind enough to read the question, if you will?
6: What kind of a license is required
5: when two people wish to get married? That's very good. What kind of a license is required when two people wish to get married? What's the name of the people, Mr. Ah? Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> That don't make any difference. You don't? You mean to tell me two people are going to get married and they don't know each other's names? <laughs> well, that's terrible. Why don't somebody introduce them to each other?
6: That's right. You know, after they get married, they may they may want to say something to each they other. They may. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. they just can't co- go around hollering, hey, you old... No,
5: the no, that wouldn't must be have very name. sociable. Listen, you three sponge heads, there's no one getting married. Well, no one getting married, then what do you want to know about a license for, that? If nobody's going to get married, you don't need a light. Look, it don't make any difference who's getting married. That is not the question.
6: Oh, it does make a difference, Mr. Howard, who's getting married. A person just doesn't stand on the corner and marry the first person that comes along?
5: I did. You did. <laughs> Where did you meet your husband, Miss McConnell? In a pool room. Yeah? Yeah, he walked in and there I was. Yeah, behind You were shooting ball. pool? No, no, I worked there. Used to rack up the balls. But I had to quit. I was a nervous wreck. You are? slave. Awesome. Hey, you were a nervous wreck. That's, That's nice. the worst pun I've ever had. <laughs> Let's get on here. What must I do to get an answer around here, bleed? Where are you going to get the blood? Well,
2: <laughs>
5: the question is, what kind of a license is required for two people when they get married? You know, marriage is like betting on a horse. Yeah. Yeah, you never know what two bucks will get you. No, I,
2: <laughs> I can never
5: understand marriage. Before marriage... A girl has to kiss a man to hold him. After marriage, she has to hold him to kiss him. Very good, Miss McConnell. The question is not what marriage is, it's about a license. Yeah, well, me and my old man had a runaway marriage. You had a runaway marriage? Yeah. (laughs) But my old man didn't run
2: fast enough.
5: (laughs) You know, my cousin Susie married a fireman. Oh, volunteer? No, her father made him. Her father. (laughs) (laughs) My cousin's married. She's married to a man who just
2: can't bear children.
6: Well, after all, you know, she shouldn't expect too much from a husband. <laughs>
5: Who is our next contestant, Mr. Roberts?
0: Well, our next contestant, Mr. Howard, is a very lovely and charming young girl. She is Petty Officer First Class Margaret Cherry of The Wave. Oh, how are you doing, Mr.
5: Good evening. Good. All right, you wolves. Well, good evening, Miss Cherry, and welcome to A Pace Bigger. How are you this evening?
0: Fine, thank you, Mr. Howard.
5: Well, that's great. Where's your hometown? Would you care to tell us? Beachhurst, Long Island. Beachhurst, Long Island. That's fine. Lovely, lovely girl, isn't she, Mr. Howard? Yes, she is charming, Mr. McNaughton. You know, her lips remind me of a fire hydrant. Yeah, what do you mean? No parking. (laughs) No. Very cute, Mr. McNaughton. I thought so, yes. Pardon the interruption, uh, Miss Cherry. I'm sorry it happened. What are you doing on New York? In New York, rather.
2: Well, I'm on leave from Florida.
5: Oh, you're up from Florida. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't that fine? Uh, you've been stationed down there, I presume? That's right. Huh? What did you do before you entered the service? I was on the stage. Oh, no. Yes. Actress-like? Mm-hmm. Oh. Stay after the program and give me your autograph. I'd
2: like that. <laughs> <laughs>
5: well, that's fine. Are you from a theatrical family? Yes, I am. You are? Mm-hmm. The name is Cherry, oh, is that right? That's right. right. Cherry, uh, is, wasn't your father, is your father by any chance uh, uh, John Cherry? That's right. John Cherry, he was with a lot of Gilbert and Sullivan, am I right? That's right. Gilbert, what is he doing now? Oh, he's on the radio mostly now. Oh, fine. I haven't seen him lately. Don't forget, will you, and give him my regards. I won't. Yeah, John Cherry. You know, Mr. Howell,
6: a very common name, John, you know. Well, well every, John is a common name. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry is named John. I <laughs>
2: I just
5: love your uniform. You look so nice in oh, this. Yes. Thank you. How do you like my dress? I wear this dress of afternoon to tease. To tease. At your age, who are you going to tease? Miss <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jerry, while you're here, would you reach into the dunce cap there and pick out a question for us, if you will? And would you be kind enough to read the question? What kind of fruit is used in making orange juice? Very good. <laughs> What kind of fruit is used in making orange juice? Would you know, Mr. Sheldon? No, I drink prune juice.
2: <laughs>
5: I see. All right, then what kind of fruit is used in making prune juice? Well, that is. I used to drink prune juice. Uh huh. Now I'm drinking grapefruit juice. All right. <laughs> all right. Let us take it this way then. What kind of fruit is used in making grapefruit? Look, am I the only one on this board? Am i to answered all the questions. What's the matter with Mr. McConnell and Mr. McNaughton? Why pick on me all the time? It's an outrage, that's what it is. Gee wish I wish I was dead. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wish you were alive, Mr. Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wasn't so ignorant and knew what you meant by that. <laughs> Mr. Howard, you know, I saw some lovely grapefruit at the market today. Oh, I bet they were old, that size. Really, did you buy any? I did not. They were too big. You wouldn't get many of them in a dozen. No. (laughs) Probably no more than eight or something. No. Miss McConnell, you certainly have your good point. Oh, thank you, Mr. Howard. Yeah, but they're all in your ration book. Let's
2: get on here.
5: You know, you know, Mr. Howard, I have grapefruit for breakfast every morning with boric acid. You, You have grapefruit with boric acid? I eat the grapefruit and get my eyes washed at the same time. That's a very good idea. Please get back to the question, you squirts. Look, it's about a certain. It's about a certain drink. Did somebody say drink? No. Make mine the same. Wait a minute. I I
2: don't
5: I don't mean the drink you mean. I'm thirsty. You know, if I wanted to stick a stamp on a letter, I'd have to pin it on. Oh.
6: I think, remember, remember the good old days when people would drop in for a call.
5: Now they call in for a drop? Uh... <laughs> get into this. Look, the subject is about orange juice. I like lemonade. Yeah. I like orange juice. Yeah. yeah. But, but you know, there's a new drink out. I saw the sign down at Penn Station. Yeah? What's the name of it? Traveler's Aid. Traveler's <laughs> Aid. Listen. Listen, you three overripe bananas. Are you going to answer the question? No, Mr. Howard, I'm beginning to think my old man drinks. Yeah, what makes you think so? Well, he came home the other night and wanted me to help him chase a kangaroo. Oh, fancy that. Yeah, and the night before that, he thought he saw three pink elephants. And did he? No, there was only two. There were (laughs) no... Mr. Palazzi tells us it's time to sign off. So we'll leave you until this time next week, so here is Terry Allen to tell you what we mean when we say...
4: It pays to be ignorant To be dense, to be dumb, to be ignorant It pays to be ignorant just like me Each week I earn six dollars My brain is terribly lax But when there ain't no income, then there ain't no income tax.
1: Well, that wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. I hope you've enjoyed the past half hour. Do you sometimes wish you had as many fans as a baseball star? Well, you've got a lot more. Whether you're a soldier, sailor, airman, or marine, you've made the all-American team, and you've got more than 200 million fans rooting for you here at home. Do a good job, and you can almost hear them cheering you on. Now, this is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you back next time for more great moments from radio programs of the past. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.